The division of Eretz Yisroel, which is explained in Parshas Masai, as well as in Parshas Pinchas, there's a number of things that need clarification. Number one, we seem to have two opposite ideas. On the one hand, it's being divided in a logical way. The Pasuk says, to a bigger shevet, you'll give a bigger portion, and to a smaller one, a smaller portion, and so on. Especially based on what the Razal teaches us, and Rashi brings it, that the way Eretz Yisrael was divided was not by dividing portions in an equal way based on quantity. Rather, we evaluated the portions, in other words, seeing what their value really is, looking at the quality of the land. So this is clearly a logical sort of division. On the other hand, they were commanded, that you will cause the land to be inherited through a goyrol, through drawing lots. And another Pasuk, So that's number one. Number two, before the goyrol was actually made, Elazar would stand and say with Ruach HaKodesh, looking at the Urim Vitumim, and he would say about the goyrol, that if the following Shevet is now going to come up in the goyrol, then this particular portion of Eretz Yisroel will also end up coming out in the goyrol. If that's the case, what's the point of the goyrol, since there was the Ruach HaKodesh anyways? Another thing, says the Rebbe, in regards to the goyrol, the Razal tell us on the Pasuk, and also in Parshas Masay, Tzavez B'nei Yisroel v'yomarto aleim, in regards to the borders of the land. So the Razal tell us that this is a warning to Bastin, to make sure that no one sort of lets out bad rumors about these goyrolists, that no one disgraces these goyrolists, not taking them seriously. In the Tshuvah Sagoinim, we have something even more about this, about the severity of this, that someone that's over on the goyrol is as if he's being over on the Aseris Adibros. And this seems to be very surprising. Yes, it's true that the words of the Goinim don't necessarily have to have a mocker in Shas. All of their words are divrei Kabbalah, they are traditions, they're passed down to them, and so on. But the question still is, what is the connection between a goyrol and the Aseris Adibros? Now, even though there is a Pasuk that says, Becheik yutales a goyrol, that the goyrol is drawn, the lot is drawn in the, in the lap of the person. But really, although the person makes the goyrol, it's really coming from Hashem. Okay, very nice. So he's being over on the Mishpat Hashem, on Hashem's judgment, so to speak, but not on the Aseris Adibros specifically. So why the emphasis on the Aseris Adibris? In order to explain this, what the Rebbe is going to do now, for most of the Sikha, the Rebbe is actually going to be discussing the union of Torah. And from Torah, eventually, towards the end of the Sikha, the Rebbe is going to get back to the division of Eretz Yisroel based on the Goyrol and logic, etc., so the Rebbe says, we're going to understand all of this in regards to Torah, we find three expressions, three ideas. On the one hand, Torah is called an inheritance of Yerusha, as in the Pasuk Torah, We also find that Torah is called a sale. The Razal tell us, Hashem says to the Yidden, I sold you my Torah. And finally, we have a third expression that it's a matano, it's a gift. The Razal tell us that shalosh matanois toivois, three beautiful gifts that Hashem give to the Yidin, one of them being Torah. And actually, that's the way 
we the nusach we say in davening regarding Shavuos, we say zman matan Torah. Torah was given to us as a present, as a gift. What is the difference between these three terms? Whether it's a Yerusha, an inheritance, a sale, or a gift, we're going to understand it based on understanding these three concepts in the literal sense. A Yerusha is something that's completely not dependent on the recipient. That means the one getting the inheritance. Doesn't matter whether he is an adult, whether he's a great person, whether he's a child, whether he's a simple person. To use the expression of the Mishnah, even a child of one day old could both get an inheritance and leave over an inheritance. So that's in regards to inheritance. When it comes to sale, a sale is something that a person needs to pay for the particular object. Now in both of these things, whether it's a Yerusha, an inheritance, or a sale, the recipient has to have some sort of connection, something that's happening in order for him to be able to get it. In the case of the Yerusha, he has to be the close relative of the person who's leaving the inheritance. And the Yerusha, in other words, belonged to someone, it was someone's possession, someone's property, and now he has to be a relative in order to get it. In the case of a sale, he has the person buying it has to pay again from his own possessions for the thing that he's buying. However, when it comes to a gift, it is possible that the person that's receiving it has absolutely no connection and nothing, and nothing to do at all with this particular matana, with the gift that he's getting. And nevertheless, he is getting it because of the kindness, because of the goodness of the giver. Says the Rebbe, similarly in Torah, we have three concepts. There is the aspect of Yerusha in Torah. And that is that every single Yid, no matter who he is, is included in Kehilas Yaakov, and therefore the Torah is his inheritance. It's known that the word Yisroel is a Rosh Tevis, it's an abbreviation, Yeshishim Ribui Oisius Torah. there are 600,000 letters in the Torah, that is that each and every Yid has his portion, his letter in the Torah. The Rebbe says, based on this we can understand why there's a certain element in the obligation of learning Torah that applies to each and every Yid, in exactly the same way, no matter what state he is in, rich or poor, smart or simple, um, whether he suffers and so on and so forth, there's no one that's exempt from this obligation of learning Torah, the general idea of learning Torah. This is the inheritance aspect of Torah. Then comes the sale aspect of Torah. This is the portion of Torah which is more related to understanding Torah, to logic. And this comes through the person's efforts, through the person's work. As we say, if you didn't put in the effort and you think you found and you and you can't and we can't believe this. Because effort needs to be put in in order to achieve this. This is similar to a sale that the buyer needs to pay for that which was bought. In regards to this, the Razal tell us, the Mishnah in Perkyavi says, you need to apply yourself to the Torah. Because it's not coming down as an inheritance. You need to really work for it. And in regard to this aspect of Torah, there are going to be differences between each and every Yid. Not all people think the same. Not all people's minds are the same. It's going to depend on the person's talents, how much effort he puts in. So to the obligation of how, how much Torah one needs to learn is not going to be the same that applies to each and every Yid. In exactly the same way. Some people will be yoitza by learning one pedic in the morning, one pedic in the evening, or even less than that. 
But then there is a person that's able to learn Torah all day long, that he has the obligation of a Hagisa He needs to learn Torah day and night in the very literal sense. Then we come to the third aspect of Torah. So we discussed, again, the Yerusha aspect, which is something that every it has equally. We have the Mecher aspect, the sale aspect, which you need to work for. And we need to put in our own toil. This is going to be different for every yid. And then we have the gift of Torah. That which is given from above, the ideas of Torah, which are not like the previous two, which are more limited according to the person, because either they come to the person because of who he is, as in the case of Yerusha, because this person inherits, because he has a certain closeness to the one who left the inheritance, or because of the person's understanding, as in the case of a sale. But the idea of a gift is something beyond these two. This is more than what a person could reach on his own. Rather, it's something that's given completely as a gift from above, from Hashem. Nothing to do with a person's qualities. And as the Chazal say, that originally Moshe Rabbeinu was learning Torah and he was forgetting it until it was given to him as a gift. In other words, in order for Torah to remain by Moshe in an eternal way, in a way that's completely higher than the limitations and boundaries of a created being, there is a need that it's given to, the, to him as a gift from Hashem. This level of Torah is also referred to as the level called Goiro, like a lot. Just like a matana, just like a gift is something that's completely not dependent on the one receiving it, rather on the one giving it, so too in regards to a goyrol, it's completely not up to the person that's drawing the lots, rather, as we said before, it's from Hashem that the goyrol comes. And therefore the idea of the goyrol represents that which is completely higher and beyond the logic and the limitations of the person. However, the Rebbe says, although a gift does come only from the desire of the one giving the gift and not because of the avoid of the one receiving it, nevertheless, there are Zal tell us that if you wouldn't have done some sort of nice thing or caused some sort of pleasure to the one that's giving you the gift, then he wouldn't have given the present, meaning to say that even a present is in some way related to our avoid. One only gets a matana, a gift, if he is in some way fitting to get it. We still call it a gift. We still call it matnas chinom. It's being given for free or without the effort. Why? Because the avoider of the recipient is only causing that the giver should have some sort of pleasure and therefore that the person that's giving the gift has some sort of leaning and liking towards the recipient but it's definitely not in a way that the recipient, what the recipient did, forces the other person to give him the gift. And he definitely cannot demand the gift for his avoida. Rather, it's coming completely based on the will, on the goodwill of the giver of the present. But it's definitely not in any way comparable to that which the recipient had actually done. The Rebbe says this is very different to the concept of Yagaiti Umatsasi Taimen. The Rebbe says, in other places it's explained that what does motsasi mean? It's also like a matziah, you found something that was unexpected. So you put in a certain amount of effort and now it's going to be revealed the level of understanding, the depth of understanding that you're going to get is much deeper, much more than the effort that you have put in. So this sounds a little bit similar to what we were just saying, but the Rebbe says, no. 
Because in that case, even though we call it a metzia, you found something much more than you expected, but it does come through your effort. And that's why we say that your effort actually brings and forces almost the revelation of this seichel. And that's why we say, if you put in the effort and you didn't find, I'll time and we don't believe that. Because surely, if you put in the effort, you're going to achieve it. However, you're getting much more than you put in. But it's still in some way connected, in other words, to the avoida of the nivra of the person. But when it comes to the idea of matona, this aspect of Torah, that's like a gift, meaning that which is coming from Hashem, completely from Hashem as a gift, completely higher than the avoida of the person. And that's why we call it a matona, matnas chinam, a free gift. And the fact that the person has to do something, has to make some sort of preparation or cause the to that nachas, is only causing again that now the giver of the gift has a leaning or a liking towards, towards the recipient, but it's not actually forcing the person to give the gift, or in this case, Hashem to give the gift. A similar idea, says the Rebbe, is also with Goyrol. In the Sefer, it says that that it's very possible and very likely that if a Goyrol is done properly, then the Hashgochel Yoino is involved, and this goyrul is going to be a particular place where the hashgacha of Hashem comes in and it's going to be based on what Hashem wants. In other words, even though the goyrul is on the one hand coming completely from above hashgacha yoyna and not dependent of the avoida on the bchira of the person, nevertheless, it does say that it has to be done kohegen, it does have to be done properly so that it will be a place which is appropriate for Hashem's Ashgacha to come into it. Says the Rebbe, applying this now back to the idea within Torah of the gift aspect or the goyrol aspect, which is similar to a gift in Torah. This is the level that's given to the person after he, so to speak, causes the pleasure to Hashem. That means he does his avoida according to his ab- ability, according to his ability as a limited creature. He does as much as he able, is able to. But then he's given from above a gift that's completely higher than his own avoidah, similar to what the Razal say in regards to Moshe, that after he learned it, we said before, with his own kayak, but he learned it all properly as much as he was able to. Then it's given to him from above as a gift, and we said before that now he's not going to forget it, that means now he's going to have something eternal inside of his Torah. But first he has to do whatever he's able to. Says the Rebbe, based on this, we could also explain what Chachamim teach in Mishnah. And they tell us that the famous Mishnah, should be rebuilt speedily in our days. And we say to Hashem, please give us our portion in your Torah. The Rebbe says, seemingly it's not understood. Number one. What exactly does it mean, give us your por- our portion in your Torah? Seemingly, if a person learns to the best of his ability, of course he will understand. As we said already before from Chazal, On the other hand, if you're not putting in your effort, then your davening is not going to help. As the same Chazal tell us, If you didn't put in the effort, you will not find. If a person says, you didn't put in the effort of Matzasa, and I found, I'll time and we wouldn't believe that. Number two, 
What's the connection between these two parts of Shibana Beis Hamikdash made of Yamina the Beis Hamikdash should be rebuilt and the Seichel Kainu Seichel? And finally, the Rebbe asks, why the expression Chelkeinu, which sounds like a portion that I have already, meaning even before it's given to me, I have it already, it's my portion, and why Besoira Secha, your Torah, seemingly it should have said, Vesein Lanu Chelek Betoira, give us a portion in the Torah. Why do we emphasize it's our portion and that it's your Torah? The explanation, says the Rebbe, is that the main point of this tefillah is in regards to this level of Torah that we were discussing, the matona aspect, which comes from above, completely incomparable to the avoida and the effort of the person, and that's why it needs a special tefillah, a special request. On the other hand, we also have to do our avoida. As we said before, we have to first cause Hashem that pleasure in order to get that present. And that's why we first have to have our portion in Torah. We first had to acquire Torah with our own ability, with our own effort. It's Chalkeinu. But after I did already my part, then I could ask the same Chalkeinu Secha, meaning to say that that portion that I have already, but should be given to me now, meaning I should be able to learn it and understand it, as it is B'Soyro Secha in your Torah Hashem, that means I should be able to achieve the Matana aspect of Torah. Because the word Vesein Chalkeinu, Vesein is also from the word of Matana, which is giving, Hashem is giving it to us. Meaning to say, after I have my portion, my effort, I should be able to have the Torah the way it's higher than creations. It's Soira Secha, it's Hashem's Torah, completely higher than the world. This is similar to what the Razal tell us. In regards to the learning of Torah in Gan Eden, when an Hashemah comes up, it needs to be Vesalmudoi Biyode. He first has to have the Torah that he learned in Olam Hazar. And he has to have acquired and learnt with his own understanding and effort. Then he comes along and he learns and understands it in Gan Eden on a much deeper level, Alderach Hasoid, with all of the secrets and so on. The Pnimiyas HaToyra. So too, in regards to Moshe, we said that that portion that Moshe Rabbeinu first learnt in Torah, then it's given to him, meaning in Hashem's Torah, as it says, once you're standing in front of Hashem, we're speaking about Hashem's Kisya Kovit, there's no forgetfulness there. So when Moshe Rabbeinu has Hashem's Torah, then he won't forget it. Says the Rebbe, now we can understand the connection to Because the real idea of Matona within Torah, this aspect of Torah, when is it going to be revealed? That's going to be when Mashiach comes in the Torah that Mashiach will teach. Says the Rebbe, now that we understand the difference between Yerusha, the inheritance, the sale of Torah, which both of those, as we said, comes from the Nivroim as far as our effort and the value that we have on our own. And then there is the Matana aspect of Torah, that which is coming from Hashem. This will now see is also recognizable in the way Hashem gave the Torah to the Yidden. The Razal tell us, Torah Tzivalonu Moshe, the word Torah is Begamatria 611. Why 611 when we have 613 mitzvahs? Because two mitzvahs, Anoichi Hashem Alekecha, and Loyi Yilecha, we heard it directly from Hashem, so the other 611 Torah that was given to us by Moshe Rabbeinu. The reason for this is, because the learning of all mitzvahs of the Torah this is part of the understanding, the intellectual part of Torah, which is related to the Nevroim, to the creations. 
and therefore it's given to the Yidin through Moshe Rabbeinu because he is the one that draws down Torah, brings down Torah in a way that we could understand it, each and every Yid could understand it. However, the first two Dibris of Anoichi and Lehi the whole idea of these Dibris is about Emuna and Kabbalah Soil Malchashamayim, that which is higher than reason. The main point of the, these mitzvahs is that idea of which is given to us from above as a gift, Melamailo. And therefore, it's these two Dibris that are said to the Yidden, not through any intermediary, not even through Moshe, but given to us directly from Hashem. And because of this revelation, of that Hashem speaks to us directly. That's why, how do we refer to that day when we got the Torah? It's called Matan Torah. We got a gift, we got a present, because it's coming from above as a gift. All the preparations and all of the avoided that the Yidden did before Matan Torah, including the fact that they said Nasa before Nishma, which is completely nullifying themselves to Hashem, but that's all as much as a creation could nullify himself to Hashem. But it's completely not compared to that revelation of Matan Torah when Hashem comes down on our Sinai and Vayedaber Elohim when Hashem speaks to us. Now from the fact that the other eight of the Dibris were also part of this revelation of Matan Torah, it's understood that these mitzvahs as well and these Dibris, although they are more related to logic and reason, but they're still connected to the Matana aspect of Torah as we will soon explain. The Rebbe says, it's known the opinion of the Ramban and others that in the last eight of the Dibrois, the Yidden heard the voice of Hashem, but they weren't actually able to comprehend what was being said. They needed Moshe Rabbeinu to repeat it and to explain it to them. The Rebbe asks, first of all, what's the point of hearing the sound of the Dibrois if we don't understand it? Also, what is the difference between the first two of the Aserah Sadibrois, which we heard directly from Hashem and were able to understand it, and the final eight, which we only heard the voice. The Rebbe explains that through the Dibrois of Anoichi and Lo the Yidin got the Amunah in Hashem and the Kabbalah's oil of Hashem's Malchus in a way of a gift, as said before. This is why it had to come directly from Hashem, not through Moshe. But it's never enough. That the Amunah and Kabbalah soil of a Yid should just be in a general way. They need to illuminate the Yid's avoid in each one of his mitzvahs. And they need to penetrate each one of his, the mitzvahs. That while one's doing an individual mitzvah, he should feel that he's doing it with that Amunah and Kabbalah soil. In order to connect the Amunah and the Kabbalah soil with each and every one of the mitzvahs, it wasn't sufficient just hearing the first two Dibrois from Hashem. We also had to have some sort of revelation from Hashem which is represented by that voice coming from Hashem, that the Yidin hear all the Aseris Hadibrois, in which is also hinted all of the Tariag Mitzvois, they had to hear that from Hashem. But on the other hand, since they had to hear, the reason they had to hear all the Aseris Hadibrois from Hashem was not because of the logic of the Aseris Hadibrois, rather because of the Kabbalah soil and the Amunah that's higher than Tamvadas, higher than logic and reason that needs to be in the Mitzvahs. Therefore, they didn't hear the rest of the Aseris Adibris in a way that they could understand it directly from Hashem. On the contrary, they weren't able to comprehend those Dibrois as they came from Hashem. Rather, they heard the voice of Hashem. But the voice of Hashem brought down into the Yidin, the Amune in Hashem, a Kabbalah soil of Hashem's Malchus, also in the other eight Dibrois. When they're going to fulfill each and every one of the mitzvahs individually, they'll also have that aspect of the Amunah, which is higher than reason. This is why it says in Shuvah Sagoinim that someone that's over on the Goyrol is like going against Aseris Hadibroi specifically. In other words, going against the idea of Goyrol is similar to 
violating not the aspect of the logical aspect of Torah, but on the goyrol aspect of Torah, which is the Aseris Hadibra, is that aspect of Torah, which is the Amuna aspect, that which is completely higher than reason, that which was given to the Yidin as a maton, as a gift, or as a goyrol, that which comes from above, from above as, as discussed before at length. The Rebbe now brings us all back to Eretz Yisrael. Says the Rebbe, according to all of this, we'll understand why the division of Eretz Yisrael was based on a goyrol. The idea of Eretz Yisrael is as the Pasuk says, The eyes of Hashem are always upon the land from the beginning of the year till the end of the year. That means this is a place where Hashem's godliness is shining in a revealed way without the concealments of Olam Hazer. And the fact that in Olam Hazer, in this physical materialistic world, there should be a place where godliness should be able to shine in a revealed way. This is something completely higher than our Avoidah. This is given as a gift from above, as the Razal that we mentioned before, that Hashem gave three gifts to the Yidden, one of them being Eretz Yisroel. This is a gift from above. And therefore the division of Eretz Yisroel needed to be through a Goyrol on the one hand, <coughs> which we said is something that's not based on logic at all of the person, rather it comes from Hashem according to Ashgach El But just like we said before, that the idea of the matana and the goyrol have to be after the person that is his avoided perfectly, so too in our case. Only after the Torah says do you give a bigger shave at a bigger portion and a smaller one a smaller portion, meaning to say we get involved with logic and reason. Then we draw the lots, meaning to say that it's revealed that the division of Eretz Yisrael is actually based on Hashem's Ashgacha in a revealed way coming directly from Hashem.